Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and and climate neutral certified so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin glow from the inside out get 10% off your first order with code glow at oseamalibu.com that's o s e a malibu.com code glow this is the court today replay on c103 this is court today court today with patricia messenger on c103 And a very good Tuesday morning to you and always just after a bank holiday it feels like a Monday but it actually is uh, Tuesday. Hoping we find each and every one of you in great form and that you had a lovely bank holiday weekend boy but the weather yesterday we did forecast it, we did speak about the weather at the weekend uh, saying that whatever you are planning for outdoor don't plan it for uh, Monday of the bank holiday and certainly the newspapers today showing photographs of people actually being blown away it was uh, so windy but there's a photograph taken of pedestrians walking over the Samuel Breckett Bridge in Dublin city centre yesterday and they're trying, you know, they're, they're walking into driving wind and rain and the the male of the couple's trying to keep the umbrella, big golfing umbrella, trying to hold it up and the female is sheltering in uh, against him and trying to get as much protection from the umbrella. It was just miserable, miserable conditions uh, today and don't like to be the bearer of bad news but we're in for more showers and low temperatures across this uh, week. Met Erin are saying an unseasonably cold start to uh, May. So you can forget about your deck chairs and the barbecues and doing anything outdoors at this week because we're not going to get it but I would say never go far away from an umbrella this week. Met Erin have forecasted a cool blustery day today with a mixture of sunny spells and showers and then grey skies, wet weather and lower temperatures will be somewhat the theme for the rest of the week and dare I say even into early of the following week next week uh, as well so unseasonably cold for this time of uh, year it'll keep us all indoors that is for sure John Paul is taking your calls at 1850 333 103 you can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 and I spent a beautiful day on 
Sunday down at the beach and well it was a little bit nippy you just once you had a coat on you but if you were standing in the sun to feel the sun on your face but just to be looking out at the sea I was down on Broad Strand down in West Cork and it was just absolutely gorgeous and Marcia collected a great big bag of stones that she brought home and we'd all the washing of the stones yesterday and we'll be painting them now and we'll get weeks of fun out of our couple of hours down on Broad Strand for sure but it was just it felt normal there's something when you get to do something like that and we met up with uh, another family some friends of ours and, and went for a walk on the beach and just to chat and it just as I say everything just felt normal about it and hopefully that's we're getting back to some kind of normality and we just I think for all of us it's just to kind of take it nice and easy steady as she goes now we don't want to be going too mad but I suppose the good news is that more and more people are getting vaccinated and that's what's very different I think as we come out of this lockdown to say us coming out of any other lockdown we didn't have as many people vaccinated and we're I think are we up to almost 30% of the population now are vaccinated but the ones that really need to be vaccinated the people that would, could become very unwell if they got COVID-19 the ones in the nursing homes the ones in residential care people with underlying health conditions most of our health workers they're all vaccinated and that is and the, and the older population the people over 70s, 70 and that's the really good news and now they're slowly but surely working down through the different age groups the 60 to 69 year olds I heard of a lot of people over the weekend finally getting dates and appointments for their vaccines and the sense of hope and excitement and of course as and from today the portal has opened for the 50 to 59 year olds that's the next group of people who are going to be vaccinated they're kicking off today with the 59 year olds and exactly as we predicted last week they're going to do it the very same way that they did it for the 60 to 69 year olds it's a different day it starts with the 59 year olds today if you're 58 it's tomorrow and on down it goes like on Friday they look for the 56 year olds to get vaccinated Monday of next week they'll be working on the 53 year olds this day next week it'll be the 52 year olds term working right down to the 50, to the 50 year olds they'll be asked to register on Thursday uh, the 13th and the, the idea is not to swamp it with everybody in that cohort from 50 to 59 all registering on the same day and they want to keep the make the process as easy as possible and to avoid delays so that's why they do it year by year uh, by year and last week when we were talking about the over 50s being able to register for a vaccination there's some it's it's over half a million it's 550,000 people are in that age group so it's a big cohort of people so they ask people to now the registration will remain open after Thursday the 13th of May when the 50 year olds are registering like it is open for the 60 to 69 year olds if you are in that 60 to 69 age group and you didn't register for whatever reason when the portal was open you can now register anytime now on hse.ie and of course if you're not they, they say the quickest and the easiest way is to register on uh, line but if you're not able to register online for whatever reason you're not comfortable with online you don't have decent broadband you don't have the equipment for whatever reason you just don't do like to do things online you can register over the phone at 1850 24 1850 but when you go to register be it as I say online they say is the easiest or over the phone you do need to have things like your public 
your per, your your PPS number. You need to have your air code. You need to have a mobile number and you need to have an email address. That's if you're registering online. So bear that in mind when you're registering online. But it is the 59 year olds can register from uh, now and people in the younger age group. You will be invited to register when uh, when it is your term. And I'm told about from when you register, they reckon about two weeks after you register vaccinations will begin for the 50 to 59 year olds. Now if that's two weeks from when the 50 year olds register or if it's two weeks today your guess is as good as mine. But as I say we are hearing from so many people certainly in the 60 to 69 year old in the uh, 65 to 69 year olds lots of them contacting us uh, last week and heard a lot over the weekend finally getting an appointment date and people seeing this as the road out of this pandemic. But then I had an email in from Sheila one of our listeners. And again, I think Sheila is raising something that others might be affected by as well to say, hi, Trish, I'm 64. I've registered for my jab and I'm awaiting my appointment. I haven't got my appointment, but I know that when my appointment arrives, it is going to be at the vaccination centre in Mallow because it was, as we know, and I'm assuming it's the same for the 50 to 59 year olds. It's not your GP you go to. You will be going to your nearest vaccination centre. Anyway, back to Sheila's uh, email. When my appointment arrives, it will be for Mallow, but Mallow is 24 miles away from where I live in North Cork. Now, my problem is I have plates and pins in my leg and I'm on a disability allowance. I do drive, but I'm only able to drive very short distances as my leg gets very painful if I'm driving for any longer period of time. A friend told me there were vaccines being given out in Mitchellstown, which is only eight miles away from where I live. So I rang my own GP to see if I could be referred there as the journey driving to Mallow would be a strain on my leg. And by the way, I also haven't driven more than four miles in the last year and a half since the pandemic began. The receptionist at my GP's office told me it was out of their hands and the best she could offer was to ring the HSE's COVID line. I did ring and I was told I would have to go to Mallow as that was the nearest vaccination clinic and plain and simple, there is no alternative. And I will have to go back there again three months later for my second jab. Trish, I am tempted to stay in my bubble and ditch the whole idea of being vaccinated. Why can't there be smaller centres in local towns? There are enough civil defence and Red Cross around who would be more than willing, capable and able to give the jabs. I am now, I have totally stuck to all of the guidelines. I live alone, way out in the countryside, but I've kept to all of the social distancing laws to protect myself. And now after all of this, I'm expected to take my chances by going in the car and driving 24 miles. By the way, I wouldn't even consider asking for a spin or getting a taxi. The very thought of being confined in a car with somebody for a half an hour journey simply fills me with dread. Best wishes and that's from Sheila. So Sheila does find herself in a bit of a dilemma and your GP is right. The GP has no say in this at all and Sheila you're not the only person we've heard from others who for other reasons, not the reasons that you have mentioned, would feel more comfortable going to their GP and we know that the GPs have been vaccinating the over 70s but it has been taken out of their hands, the 60 to 69 year olds. You must go to the vaccination centre 
centre. They set up these big vaccination centres and they've done it, they say, to get through as many people as possible. And yes, we'd love the idea that every single town and village and every single community hall would be set up as a vaccination centre. But the logistics that would be involved, I can actually see it from the HSE's point of view, the logistics in getting the vaccines if they had a number of different vaccination centres, then they'd have to staff it and then they'd have to be going by air coats to find out who's closest to that vaccination centre. So instead what they did, they've set up, I think in total around the country, there's 22 vaccination centres. I know many counties in other parts of the country only have one vaccination centre for the entire county. Obviously because the size of the geographical size of Cork, we got more than one vaccination centre. There are, for example, there's two in the city. I'm right in that, isn't there? Two in the city. There's the one at MTU, the old CIT, and there's the one in City Hall. I think they're the only two in the city. The one for North Cork then is the one that Sheila's speaking about, the GAA complex in Mallow. And then there's two for West Cork, but they don't both open on the same days. They alternate. I think it's a week on and a week off. Uh, the two are either Clonakilty or Bantry. I know they were vaccinating in Bantry. Or was it Clonakilty? I saw photographs in the paper. I think it was in Clonakilty. I saw photographs. They, they were vaccinating there over the weekend. And that's just the way the HSE has decided to do it. But I, I do, my heart do, my heart goes out to you, Sheila, because of the problem that you find yourself in with your leg uh, becoming so sore. Uh, and, you know, I know you don't want to. You would feel nervous about being in a car with somebody else because you've been shielding almost for the last year and a half. The only thing I could suggest, I don't know if this could work for you or not, could you make that journey and just have breaks along the way, stop and get out of the car because I'm assuming if you've got plates and pins, it's the actual physical movement of driving, of having your foot on the pedal that causes the problem. So I'm wondering, could you do it? No, it will, it'll be, it'll take you quite some time to get to Mallow, but could you stop, say, every 10 miles and have a little bit of a break and then get back into the car and drive another little bit and stop again. I wonder is that an option for you? Because I would hate to think you when you say that you're just going to, you're threatened to stay in your bubble and, and ditch the whole thing. There's a big beautiful world out there and I got a sense of it at the weekend as I say when I got to go to the beach on Sunday this sense of normality and wanting that normality back in my life that you're able to just get into the car, pack a picnic and head off for the day and that's what I want for you to be able to do as well, Sheila, to get out and to visit people, to visit friends, to reconnect with families, to be able to go shopping, to be able to do whatever. I don't know what what you like to do. Uh, So please don't be put off getting the vaccine just because you must go to Mallow. And I know it seems like a daunting task, 24 miles driving in uh, your car, but please, please do it and you will, your life will get back to some kind of normality. As I say, I don't think you're on your own. You're not, you're not alone. There are other people. You're not the first First person who's complained to us because they feel that their vaccination centre could be closer to home and wishing and hoping that their own GP could could give them the vaccine instead. But at the moment, and I can't, by the way, you know, would it change? Will it change? I certainly can't see it changing at the moment because they're trying to get through it age group by age group. They're trying to, you know, they're working on the the 60 to 69 year olds. And then the fact the portal is opened for the 50 to 59 year olds in two weeks time, they're going to start working on those. And then obviously it'll work down to the 40 to 49 year olds. So I 
I can't see them changing the model that they're using at the moment because the model is working so efficiently. But my thoughts are with you, uh, Sheila. Keep us posted. But please, as I say, when you get your appointment, please go. Eileen says, Patricia, if you don't register your vaccination, will your doctor then call you? I'm 53. No, if you're in the 50 to 59, you must register. It's the same with the 60 to 69 year olds. It was taken away from the doctors. The only people the doctors have been contacting were those over 70 who they've been administering the jab to. And people in cohort four and cohort seven, people with the underlying health conditions. And there's a, there's a very set criteria of people that the doctors can give a vaccine to that are in those uh, two groups. But failing that, no, you must register yourself, Eileen. And if you're 53, you will be able to register either online or over the phone from next Monday, the 10th of uh, May. And someone at, and, and Mary then says, Hi Patricia, hallelujah, my age group can register this week. Mary's in her 50s. I'm still going to be responsible not the type of person that's going to go mad I just want some kind of normality won't it be nice yeah, and so say all of us Mary uh, thank you for that John is in y'all now John's in a bit of a pickle uh, here good morning to you John good morning Patricia now John you it appears reading what's on the screen in front of me that you somehow have fallen between the cracks explain what's happened to you with your vaccine well three weeks ago yesterday I um, actually it was on Friday, two weeks ago. Yeah, I was contacted by the hospital to hook up and get my um, vaccination in Parky Cave, which would have been three weeks ago yesterday, Monday. Okay, and I, arri- I arrived at Parky Cave at ten past nine, ten nine, and the security man told me to just cancel. I didn't get any phone call from the hospital or anything. They just said just cancel, so I had to go home. So I assumed to be kicked back up again. I contacted the doctor contacted the hospital and that's three weeks ago and I still haven't been vaccinated and I haven't been contacted and thankfully my wife is getting her vaccination today. Thankfully she had no underlying conditions and I can't do anything about my vaccination. Now you were, you were called because you have an underlying health condition was it John? That's, that's correct yeah. yeah. I'm in cohort 4 and I didn't even realise when I contacted the, uh, the 1F50 number they informed me that I was very high risk and cohort four. Okay, now when you turned up three weeks ago and they said it's cancelled, that's because they suspended the AstraZeneca for a couple of days. Was 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 that's that right, that yeah. was three weeks ago, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, so you would have assumed that it's because it got sorted within a few days. You would have assumed by now that you would have received a new appointment. Yes, I definitely assumed that, and I've contacted that when he had fifty number. Numerous occasions I have contacted the hospital and I've been taught. From, it appeals to me the hospital will only get vaccinations that are left over from Parky Kiev. That's a, the, the impression I was left with. Now, I'm, I'm supposed to be high risk. Uh, I, I just don't know my wife and I, I try to register, re-register that actually yeah. on Saturday week because... I'm 63 and I was already registered so I couldn't register. Yeah, you see, that, that's the, I, I straight away can see that because that's a computer generated thing. So when you would go in with your details, the computer would straight away say this person's registered so they won't allow you to re-register. But somewhere right. along the line, where has your registration gone? I don't know and I'm sick yeah. to death of it because nobody is making sense. Like, I mean, uh, I hope you know, that everything is okay. But if they say you're high risk and maybe you need it, and three weeks later, people 
who are not as high risk as myself are being vaccinated. Where, where, do, they, where do they drop me? Yeah, it's, it's, it looks like you've somehow fallen between the cracks. And, and my fear would be that the system is saying you've been reg- you've been got a vaccine when actually you haven't. That would be my big fear. Now, I don't know if that can happen or not. We're going to get on to the, to the HSC for you, uh, John. So hang in there and hopefully we'll get some kind of answer uh, before, the, uh, before the close of the day. And when, where, where, where and when is your wife going for her vaccine? She's going to Parky Cave today. Today, OK. All right, and you'll go to Porky Creek. You'll go anywhere at this stage, just say, John. Ah, will you? I don't mind. Yeah. Wherever they want me to go. I know. Every time I ring the, the HSE, it's a different person I'm speaking to. It's the same printout or readout on the screen. And there is no other number that I can, you know, make a bit of sense of. Like you're listening to me now, and you can understand my problem. Yeah. When I ring up there, it's just a computer uh, uh, answer. You're on the system. You're on the system. You're on the system. You know, it's a human being they're dealing with really like. I know, it's so difficult. It's just so difficult. All right, listen, hang in there, John, and we'll see if we can get sure. some kind of an answer Thanks. for you. Look Thanks, after John. yourself. Bye-bye, bye-bye. That. that is uh, John in your... Somebody says people from Canturk and Mallow are being vaccinated in Killarney at the moment. OK, all right. You see, I don't know. We'd all assumed it was done on the postcode, your, wherever your nearest postcode is. But I suppose if people from uh, Canturk and Mallow, they're get Killarney because there's openings in Killarney for even though you would you would take it there would be a lot of people in Kerry waiting to get vaccinated as well but of course it's all going by the age cohort so uh, so and, and I'm assuming people are willingly travelling to Killarney to get their vaccine a North Cork listener hi Patricia wondering when can I register my vaccine I'm 55 55 euros can register from next Saturday the 8th of May hi Trish my dad is 68 registered two weeks ago last Friday got his appointment Thursday night for today the 4th of May at 3 o'clock but it is in Mallow GAA they are now taking people outside the county for it as my dad is from Kilmallock I've heard of other people though from Kilmallock and that general area and they have been coming to Mallow or they have been getting appointments for Mallow and I'm assuming some are going the other way as well. Again, I tell you, it isn't if a human being is doing this. To me, it's some computer generated code that they've put in place and that's how the appointments are being uh, sent out. Uh, Patricia, I'm in the 59-year-old age group, so entitled to register from this morning. But since early morning, I'm trying to register. I'm still waiting for my verification code to be sent to my mobile. I've, print the, I've pressed the resend button, but nothing is this normal. Now, it could just be the level of people that have logged on to register. But let's see if we can find out. Has anybody who is 59 who was entitled to register from this this morning, has anybody managed to get through on the online portal, which we're told is the easiest way? Have you registered? Now, you won't get an appointment date, but just to say that you register. So if anybody is 59, can you let us know, please? Have you managed to register when you hit the button for a verification code and you can't move on until you get that verification code sent to your mobile. Has anybody else had problems with the verification codes? If you can tell us, please. 1850 333 103. Morning, Patricia. I'm getting my first vaccine tomorrow, but I've been offered it from two different sources. Apparently, there's a large percentage of cancellations or people not showing up for it, which is crazy. Really, really would be very disappointed and surprised to hear that of people not showing up because if anything on social media, you can see the sense of excitement when people do get their appointment and 
putting up photographs of and pictures of their actual vaccination cards. They're so thrilled. So I'd be disappointed to hear if there are no uh, shows. John Paul is taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Talks of up to 20 new pop-up testing centres could come on stream to help tackle the current driver test backlog. Cork East Dáil Deputy Sean Sherlock uh, requested the latest figures on the number of people awaiting a driving test. And uh, Sean joins me. Good morning to you, Sean. Good morning, Patricia. And, and you're very welcome. Firstly, the news that essential workers will be allowed to get the necessary driving lessons to allow them take a test. I mean, that was very welcome to news last week, wasn't it? It, it, it is welcome news, but it, it will only be welcome news if there's an evidence base for the, you know, the, the test dates for each individual. And we have yet to see the evidence of that coming through. So we'll we'll wait and see and we'll be watching that one very closely. Uh, we put down a parliamentary question uh, late last month and we got the reply back on the 2nd of this month of May showing that there's about 101,000 people actually waiting for driver tests at the moment, which is crazy. Give me know, that number again. 101,352 people waiting for driver tests at the moment. That's and incredible. It, it's just incredible, you see, because notwithstanding the fact that, OK, fair enough, you know, we have a pandemic and it is understandable that there's going to be delays. But surely be to goodness that, you know, as people are being vaccinated, you know, as, as society is opening up, the plan should be in place right now, this minute, to start getting down through the 101,000 people to start testing. You know, people should be receiving test dates this week, but they're not receiving test dates this week. And that's the frustration of it. And then at the back end, or sorry, the front end of all of that, you still have people waiting for the driver theory test. And, you know, there are literally thousands of people who are waiting for driver theory tests. And, you know, they're being told, well, you know, you can apply online and then, you know, they're given, in one instance, for instance, somebody was told they were living in North Cork that they could go to Athlone to do their driver's theory <laughs> test. So it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's, it, 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 it is absolutely ridiculous. And with each day and each week that goes on, that numbers that number just gets, the duration just gets longer and longer because people come of age and they're ready to do their theory test. They're of the age to do their theory test. And, and then people get, have job offers and they need to have a full licence for it. I mean, it's just so many people are being caught up in this. It, it, well, it's, it's such a benchmark in life, getting your, your driving licence, your full driving licence. It's, it's, it's key, you know, where you don't have uh, a penetration rate of, you know, public transport like they do in other countries. People rely on the car. And if you have, like, there's, you know, I'll give just a quote. I mean, between the ages of 31 and 40, there's 24,000 people across the country who are waiting for tests. I mean, 21 to 25, which is that cohort that we're talking about now, the that core cohort, there's 22,000 people across the country waiting uh, for, for their driving test. So what I'm disappointed in is the fact that notwithstanding the fact that these figures are up to the 2nd of May, we're not seeing an evidence base of the minister creating the pop-up uh, test centres that we've been calling for. He's saying that, yeah, we will, 
we will do that, but he's not saying when, where, how. We don't have locations. And it, we argue that if you're going to make these locations available to people, they have to be in areas that are not covered by public transport links so to make them as accessible as possible for people. But it is, you know, a 25-week average waiting time for a driving test in this day and age. You know, we'll only... We'll keep the pressure on on this issue until we see that going down to until we see that twenty five weeks coming down to twenty four, twenty three, so on down the line. Because you shouldn't really be waiting as we're moving out of you know the the the, the crisis, if you will, as society is opening up. They should be a, a marked reduction in the, uh, the 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 length of time that you have to wait to do your test. Uh, so. But we have to see the evidence that the pop-up centres emerge. I mean, it's, there's a lot of spin going on around this, Patricia. Uh, and uh, But we keep working on it because okay. 1,000 is a lot of people. A listener says, my husband needs a licence, uh, has to do a theory test, needs to do it urgently. The earliest appointment he can get uh, is in June and he'll have to go to Kilkenny in order to do the theory uh, test. I mean, that's just uh, ludicrous. Any plans to move the driver theory test on Line, Sean. We have not seen evidence of any plans to move the driver theory test online. So I would say that the answer to that is is no. Uh, somebody might contradict me on that, but we've been calling on this for this for a long time, precisely for the reasons that your caller has outlined. I, I gave you the example of somebody in Formoy uh, being asked to go to Athlone or Wexford. I mean, that's just crazy. And somebody then in Mallow, for instance, asked to go to Clonmel to conduct a driver theory test. When we have moved, I mean, 50% of the uh, of the working population or 60% have just moved their working lives online. We already had evidence, we've seen the evidence of education moving online. University College Cork and assuming CIT are doing the same thing. All lectures are being delivered online. Testing is being delivered online. Assessments are being done online. If it can be done in an educational sphere, it should be able to be done in a, a driver theory testing sphere as well. And, and that's why we've been pushing back on the RSA, uh, the Road Safety Authority, and on the Minister to start, start moving on this and start dealing with this as a matter of urgency because it has a massive impact on people's lives. Mm. Mm. It's about people's lives. Yeah, somebody's saying when, when driving tests are back up and uh, running and you're talking about pop-up centres, could Formoy be considered as a pop-up uh, centre? Also, as shown in any indication, when driving lessons are coming back, it's a disgrace. I have a car parked outside my door and I'm not able to drive it. Uh, do you know when these pop-up test centres, where they'll be? We don't, but uh, I mean, I'd, I'd be telling you a lie, Patricia, if I... If I told you that I wouldn't be actively lobbying to ensure that the Cork region is well, uh, you know, well supplied with pop-up centres. And somebody has just mentioned from I there, that's something certainly that we'll take up the cudgel on. Uh, it, it, it's a bit like when we were lobbying for the vaccination centres for East Cork and we see the evidence now of the Mallow Centre is up and running. Similarly, what we wanted to see was one in East Cork as well, covering, you know, Middleton, Yall, Carrick etc. I'll follow the same model in respect of pop-up centres where no other centres are available because, again, for the same reasons, you want people to have as much accessibility in in a local uh, setting for them, in a familiar setting, and you don't not to the point where they have to be travelling from Cork 
to Donegal or, mm. or anything ridiculous. By like the that. way, when so you we, when you got the figures, did did you get a breakdown to find out what area has the longest lists? Uh, I, I don't actually have the the longest list, uh, or sorry, the breakdown of the areas. But what we have is it's just based on on age, effectively. Oh, forgive me. My apologies. I do actually have that in front of me. Yeah. So uh, if we look at, for instance, Cork, if you look at Mallow, for instance, there's yeah. 2,000 people waiting in Mallow. Skibbereen, 1,100 people. Uh, if you look at Ballincollig, 1,000 people approximately. And if you look at Cork Wilton, uh, it's 5,845. So, Whoa, you know, yeah. if you extrapolate from Cork alone, I mean, that they're massive figures, you know, and again, it goes back to the fact that it's about people's lives, their livelihoods, their ability to be able to function and travel to work, study, visit family, care for people and so on. Well, especially now that people are allowed to move outside their 5K. A listener says, I note online, you can do the bus and heavy vehicle theory test online. Why or why can't you do the car theory test online? Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly the point, because the car is as essential to people's lives as the bus or the lorry or the truck, uh, because the car is what facilitates people in their everyday lives. I know that's something that is that's a self-evident statement for me to make. But we, until such time as we have, you know, a public transport system in this country that gets you seamlessly from A to B, and, and that there's a culture around public transport people will continue to rely on the car for, you okay. know, for essential services. OK, and you have no timeline on when driving tests will be back up and running because I just spotted a text in saying, Patricia, I applied for my test beginning of December. Would Sean have any idea when I would hope to be, call, to be called? I've applied to take my test in Killarney. Well, what they're saying is 25 weeks for a driving test. That's what they're saying in the parliamentary question reply. From when? We, from from today? From now? And as I, opposed to twenty five weeks from when this listener applied in December. It, 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 well, that's what they said in the parliamentary question. So, in other words, how do you then extrapolate for somebody who's applied for? Do you say then that somebody who is applied in December, given that the answer came on the second of May, yeah, does she? Does that person have to wait twenty five weeks, or does the person? you know, from whence the answer came on the 2nd of May now have to wait 25 weeks. If that is the case, if the latter is the case, then that person could be waiting the length of time that she's waiting now plus 25 weeks, I hate to say. She did a year by the time she gets her driving test. And this is the holy all of this, is is if he does the pop-up, if the minister does the pop-up centres, then you can get people into centres, you can get people tested and you can get them out the, out the door with their licences and people can move on with their lives. And and I don't think that there's enough political impetus being put behind this very issue. Because again, I, I would say the same in Ryan myself if I was talking to him. I don't think there's a consciousness on the mind of the minister about the reality of people's lives outside of the Dublin metropolitan area. If you're living in Cork City, Dublin, you know, you're, you're... you're well served by public transport. But if, if you're, you're in a rural in, area, yeah, yeah there isn't there isn't a bus. Okay, listen, we leave it there. Uh, Sean, thank you for that. And uh, thanks for joining us on the programme.
Thank you. Patricia. Good morning to you. That is uh, East Cork uh, Dáil Deputy Sean Sherlock on the long, long wait for a driving test in this country. 1850 333 103. Cork today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Ireland is set to be lit up by shooting stars tonight and again tomorrow night. So to outline what stargazers can look forward to seeing. I'm joined by David Moore of Astronomy Ireland. Good morning to you, David. Good morning. And you're, you are welcome. Now, why will the will, will there be so many shooting stars in the night sky for the next two nights? Well, it's down to Halley's Comet, would you believe? Although the comet was last near the sun in 1986. I actually went to Australia to see it best. It, it won't be back till 2061. It's been around the sun so many times. It's left dust all around its orbit. So although the comet won't be near us, its dust will be. And we plough through that dust tonight and tomorrow night. And any bits of dust that hit the Earth's atmosphere are typically travelling around 100,000 miles an hour. And so they burn up as fiery streaks. We call them shooting stars, but they're nothing like stars. Stars are giants, hundreds of times bigger than the Earth. Shooting stars are specks of dust, but they look really spectacular. And on a normal night, you'd probably only see one every 10 minutes. But we could have between 20 and 50 tonight and tomorrow. Wow. wow. And what's the ideal weather conditions in the best part of the country and the best time to see? Well, the problem with the weather forecast is cloud cover is the most difficult thing to predict. And it can change from, I've talked to people a few kilometres away from me and they've got clear skies and I've got rain. (laughs) So that's how crazy the Irish weather is. So someone is going to see it tonight. I believe the forecast is generally good. And you've got from dusk till dawn to see it. So you will see more after midnight. So there's all those hours if you could stay up that late to try and watch it. So if you get a clearance or if it's cloudy, just keep an eye on the sky. It can change in five minutes, as you know. And you don't need any equipment, just the naked eye, because you'll see as much sky as possible. And that's what you need to do is to lie back if you can if you've got a sun lounger or something like that, want to make a night of it, uh, fill your vi- field of vision with stars. Uh, don't look halfway up the sky so there's trees and buildings covering half your field of view because that will halve the number of meteors you're going to see. So a rural area is the best, is it? Rural areas are better because there are more faint ones than there are uh, bright ones. So if you're in a really dark sky, you'll see the faint ones. People in the cities and towns won't. Uh, they'll just see the bright ones, which are still spectacular. So we want everyone to go out and count how many they see and send a report into Astronomy Island magazine. We publish these every year. And it's amateurs, ordinary people, counting them that actually tells us how strong this shower is. If people hadn't been doing it for the last few decades, we wouldn't know that May the 4th and 5th and 6th are the best times to watch this particular shower. And when you ask people to report, how do they do they count it over a certain period of time? Yeah, yeah. the ideal thing is to count every 15 minutes and try okay. to start on the hour or quarter past or half past or quarter two. And if you say, for instance, between uh, 11.30 and 11.45, I saw six or four or two or whatever it might be. And you keep doing that every 15 minutes. You'll actually see the numbers increase as the hours tick by. Uh, as I said, there's more after midnight. And if you check one night against another night, typically there's about half as many the night after the maximum and half the night after that. So the numbers get really small thereafter. But there are two other great showers coming as well in August and December, even better than this one. 
and we always predict these in our magazine. So if people are looking to get started in the hobby, here's something you don't even need a pair of binoculars for. Uh, so do go to astronomy.ie, check out the magazine, and send your reports. You'll see the address, the email address there to send your reports into. It's, it's simple. It's just magazine at, at astronomy.ie. Uh, and I'm just thinking uh, for clear skies, uh, a lot of our listeners live by the coast and we're so blessed here in Cork to have such a large coastline. Imagine if you if you went out onto the beach. That'd be a good place to see it. Absolutely. If, if only because people don't build on the beach. There's yeah. one they can't build at all. <laughs> so... When I was based in Dublin, uh, you'd just used to go to Hoth because it juts out into the Irish Sea. And you'd notice over in the direction of the city, big orange glow. But out over the sea, it's pitch black. So you you face in that particular direction for watching for shooting stars. And it was actually uh, quite good. So we have uh, coasts are, are very good. And if there's partial cloud around, the trick is to look in the clear patches because you'll see them coming from, uh, sorry, you'll see them in any part of the sky. You don't have to be looking in one particular direction. This shower is called the Eta Aquarius, which is the, the bright star that you can see with the naked eye, where they all appear to point back to. But they won't all appear at that star. So if you hear that, just ignore it. Look in the clear patches and fill your field of vision with as much sky as possible if you've got a perfectly clear sky. OK. All right. We look forward to that tonight and tomorrow night. Listeners, always a pleasure, David. Thank you for that and thanks for joining us. Good morning to you. That is uh, David Moore of Astronomy Ireland. And if you are going to uh, count the stars as they ask people to do, particularly all the amateur astrologists, uh, astronomers, that's how they'll get as much information as they can from all over the country. You send your report to magazine at astronomy.ie. And I can see a lot of reports coming in about people very annoyed about driving tests and theory tests. Daniel says the RSA have been sending people all over the country for the past year when it comes to theory tests. So he's not surprised to hear that people have been sent outside of the county to go uh, for their theory test. And Fiona says, Patricia, my daughter was to do her theory test in January. Then it got cancelled because of uh, level five lockdown. It got cancelled until April. Then it got cancelled until October. She managed to finally get a test date in June, but it's up in Clonmel. It is a joke. We live in Crookstown. We've got four testing centres in Cork and now she's been sent to Clonmel to do her theory test. I know also of somebody from Bandon who had to go to Waterford to do their driver theory test. Completely ridiculous. Uh, Thanking you and that's from Fiona. Mary says, apologies Patricia to ask you to repeat yourself. But what direction did David Moore of Astronomy Ireland say that I could view the shooting stars tonight? The phone just rang when you asked him the question. Sorry, says Mary, isn't Oh, the phone just rings at the wrong time. Uh, he didn't give an actual direction. He said what you need to do is find a good, clear view of the sky. So if you're out in your garden, you take a look at the sky where there isn't buildings or trees that's going to block your view. So it's to give you as much view of the sky as you can. That's why I suggested if you were by the beach, anyone living in rural areas, if you can get out into a field, it will be ideal. Or if you're by the sea, it'd be lovely to be on the beach uh, watching it as well. And any time tonight, but after midnight will be the best. And it's tonight and again tomorrow night is where you'll see the most of those shooting stars. 1850 Text or WhatsApp 0862 We're going to take a break and we are heading to news at 11. We'll take a look at your calls and comments coming into the programme. And also in the next hour, interested
wanted to hear about a study that's been done. Actually, it was done here in Cork and it's looking at long COVID, long COVID syndrome as it's now known and how long people can expect those symptoms to last. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. On driving tests. Uh, my son applied for a driving test end of August last year. He's still waiting. And that's uh, he applied to the Killarney uh, Centre. You see, and yeah, and that's the point I was making to Sean Sherlock. And he said he's, he's unsure as well when they put the parliamentary party question in as to the numbers that are waiting. And this over 100,000 people now waiting on a driving test. And they were told they were waiting 25 weeks. Is it 25 weeks when those figures came out? So did your son have to add 25 weeks on to the number of weeks he's already been waiting. I mean, if that be the case, it'll be well over a year by the time from when he applied to when he finally gets a a test. They really need to start moving on this. Uh, Michael says, Patricia, the government will eventually have to cave in and grant full licences to anyone with at least two years driving experience with a provisional licence. Otherwise, the whole system will collapse. It's not the driver's fault. At the end of the day, it is because we are living in a pandemic. Thank you for that, uh, Michael. Uh, Hi, Patricia, hope you're keeping well and safe. I am. Thank you very much. Uh, read the man who was looking for his vaccine. And this is with regard to John in Yall, who we spoke to in the last hour, who it, it sounds like he's fallen somehow between the cracks. He was one of those that had a date for his vaccines in his early 60s. He's got an underlying health condition. So he was called early. He was called before his age cohort would be called. And he had to go to Porky Creeve on the said day three weeks ago yesterday, actually, uh, expecting to get AstraZeneca but it was the day remember they cancelled all of the vaccines I think it was about a two day period that all the vaccines were cancelled and actually John was one of those because we were told people were contacted to, told, to be told the vaccination centre wouldn't be administering vaccines on that day but he said he didn't get a call he didn't get a text he didn't get an email and he turned up for the security guard to say sorry now you got to go home tests have been cancelled so he was then expecting to be you know get a new test date and when he hasn't been getting a new test date he tried to re-register he can't re-register because when he went on they said no you were already registered he's been registered since the 11th of April and he's just afraid because his wife has already been called and she's actually going for her vaccination t- uh, today well a listener is make this listener is making the point uh, if John travels with his wife today to the vaccination centre and explains to the staff at the centre what has happened and how he was due to get his vaccination three weeks yesterday but because they weren't administering vaccines he didn't get it uh, th- this texture just signs themselves E, his chances of getting it there and then surely are best. No healthcare worker would refuse them in person. It's probably worth a try. I don't know if anybody's actually done that, actually turned up to a vaccination centre with somebody who's getting vaccinated and did they walk away with it with a vaccine. Is it worth a, a, a shot? I don't know. As I say, I haven't heard of anybody where that's happened, but this listener reckons, you know, if, if his wife is travelling to Porky Queef from you all, why not go with her? just see how you uh, get on and then uh, big response to the listener who texted earlier to say hi Patricia 59 trying to register been trying to register from early this morning on the hse.ie and they ask you to 
you submit a mobile phone number and they'll send you a verification code. You get the verification code to your mobile and then you can progress with your registration. And this listener was saying, I'm having no luck. I can't get a verification code. Have Keep pressing the resend button, but nothing is happening. Is this uh, normal? Well, we had a slew of people onto us, including Pat in Bandon says, I'm 59 and we I registered both myself and my husband last night. We waited up and at the stroke of midnight went on to hse.ie and we got our code via text and we had no problems at all. Hi Patricia, 59 registered for the vaccine this morning. I did it about 9.30 straightforward, absolutely no problems. Hi Patricia, I'm 59. I rang the HSC, the 1850-24-1850 number rang it this morning at about 5 past 8. I was waiting no time at all. I registered done and dusted. It took about 13 minutes and I spoke to a lovely lady on the uh, phone. Hi Patricia, I registered my partner online this morning. No problem at all doing it, even though I was up nice and early. I had it all done by half past seven, got the code back in seconds. I would say to your listener, tell her to just keep trying. It could be the time of the day that she was doing it. A slew of people decided to try all to try register at the same time. And I know we did have that when the 60 to 69 year olds at the start, I think it was on the day of the 69 year olds as well, there was a bit of teething problems and systems were crashing all over the place I think it was because too many people were trying to log on, log on at the same time so to that listener keep trying let us know how you get on and failing that if for whatever reason you're still having problems maybe if you try again later this afternoon then I'd suggest ring the 1850 24 1850 uh, number and somebody surely at the end of that phone line uh, may be able to help you out uh, there but uh, but keep um, trying uh, 1850 333 Hi, Patricia. The lady who uh, doesn't want to go to Mallow. Oh, this is Sheila who emailed the programme. She has registered. Now, she's 64. She hasn't got her appointment date yet, but she knows when she gets it, it's going to be Mallow. She has a problem um, that she has plates and pins in her leg and she finds driving very difficult, very painful and 24 miles there and 24 miles back and then would have to do it again in in three months time for her second uh, injection and she was hoping to get it closer to home but it's having no luck because the GP can't do anything uh, for her. Somebody says could that la- could somebody not bring that lady to Mallow? No, she said in her email she wouldn't ask anyone for a spin. She wouldn't get into a taxi because she's been shielding and she said the thought of being confined in a car with somebody fills her with uh, dread. And this listener is saying what about the army? Would the army be able to come out and help her? And I know the army by the way I saw an article last week the army have been great for in helping people out who needed to go to a test centre to get tested for COVID-19, either people who were deemed a close contact or people who presented with symptoms. Not everyone has a car and obviously nobody wants to use public transport if you have symptoms and you think you may have COVID-19. So the army have been helping people out again. You'd have to contact the HSC. Maybe that is an option for uh, Sheila if she wants to try to contact and see would the army uh, be able to help her. And uh, Pat says, I'm in my early 60s. No sign of an appointment yet, even though my friend of the same age uh, got an appointment. They are living in uh, 
Tipperary. Again, it varies. Some counties have less people in that age group. Got to remember here in Cork, larger population as well than they would have in Tipperary. So they'll get through the 60 to 69 years, obviously, quicker than we will here in uh, Cork. And Pat is also asking, do you know what vaccine you're going to get? Is it true that they're giving out Pfizer vaccine as well? Well, remember, for the people over the age of 50, they can get any of the four vaccines. It depends on what's available on the day you go for your vaccination. But all four vaccines, Pfizer, the Moderna, Johnson & Johnson and the AstraZeneca are all available to the over 50s. That's the only cohort where all four are available for people under the age of 50 and over 70. They're only able to get the Pfizer and the uh, Moderna. So yes, Pat, it depends on the day you turn up what vaccine is actually available. Okay, I want to go back to driving tests for a moment because Bridget has contacted us from Charleville. Good morning to you, Bridget. Good morning, Patricia. Now, are you, are you, you have a problem trying to get a your theory test? Well, no. yes, and it's, I have an American license. I came back to Ireland um, six, 18 months ago uh, and applied for my theory test because I can't exchange my American license for an Irish one because there is no reciprocal agreement. Yeah. Now, if it was an Australian one, New Zealand, English, any European country, I can do it. So I... I applied for the theory test and it, I, in May of last year, I believe it was, and I got November 31st. And then around September, I got an email saying that was cancelled. It was now the 31st of May and it, I have to go to Limerick. My husband's got Alzheimer's and it makes, it's making life extremely difficult. I can only drive legally for a year on an American license here. Mm-hmm. And it's been over a year now. And I have to take driving lessons, which is it's just the time and the expense. Not so much the expense, it's more the time. So, And uh, you're, you're deemed the very same as uh, an 18-year-old who's starting to learn to drive. Is that's that the right. case? That you have case. to take the 12 it will essential lessons? Six, six, six for me. Oh, that's okay. the only um, difference. Difference, yeah. And you've been dri- you were driving, how long were you driving in America? 25 years. Do you ever have an accident? Never. Penalty points? Never. Cut speeding? Never. And oh. I drove for 20 years in England. I it, passed a driving test in London, passed a driving test in Colorado. And nothing, you know. And you don't, like still, you don't still have the English driving licence? It's expired. Yeah, OK. I was going yeah. to say, you could have swapped that one. Well, yes, I know that. Yeah, yeah. I listen, I know... I. We've heard of this before. I know what the Americans, it it is what people see as an anomaly. You drive in roads in America. I had somebody on who drove through New York, uh, was driving in very busy roads and came back, couldn't believe that he was expected to do the uh, licence driving. And I think it's to do with the driving on the other side of the road. I think it's one of the... Drive at the well, other side of the road. Well, that's true. That's true. You can't, yeah, you can't say that. No. Is it? Yeah. No. It, it, but it's only because there's no reciprocal agreement. Yeah, that that needs that to get worked on. But that is the only thing. And, you know, it's. I, I can understand this. That's fine. I'm willing to do it. But couldn't I just take, a, like, a competency test, like my sister did when she had a medical condition and she had to reapply for her license? And that's all she did. 
Yeah, I would. Yeah, just one test. Just if when you yeah. come over, say, OK, I'm willing to do the test. Let right. me show you. I'm driving 25 years. I'm a very competent driver. Let me sit the test. But putting you through all of this yeah. is. And are you your husband's sole carer? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so leaving him even to have the, take driving lessons is, uh, you know, it's a worry and it, it's so stressful for me. And are you a native of Charleville, Bridget? Ballyhay, actually. Ballyhay, okay. And you went to America and why, why, I, why the move back? My husband said Alzheimer's and I needed to be close to a family. And how is he doing? He's doing well, but, you know, he doesn't remember what he's had for breakfast or, you know, yeah. anything. Really. Has, and, lo- uh, has lockdown been difficult for you and him? N- no, not really. Not really. No. We're very blessed to have a lovely garden and a lovely home. And it hasn't been that difficult, no. I can talk to my family every day. But um, the whole situation is just adding stress upon stress. Yeah, you can you could do without it. Yeah. And so where you're at now is you've got a date for when? For the 31st of May, if... If it's not changed again. And where? In Limerick. And I really don't want to go to Limerick. And would that mean having to get somebody to come to the house to sit with your husband? Or yes. Will, yeah, yes. I will, yeah. yeah. And then after you get the theory test, which no doubt you'll fly through, you then have to do six one-hour... Driving lessons. And then you have to... You and apply to, for a driving to, test. And wait. And wait. So are you, you're, you're continuing to drive, obviously, because you... Yes, the, I yeah, am. You, you've, no, you've no choice. I've no choice, no. Wow, that's a really difficult, difficult situation yeah. uh, to be in. It, it, it really is. Yeah. OK, all right. Um, my heart goes out to you, Bridget, well, and I, I'd you. love I could wave a magic wand and give you <laughs> a full licence. I, I would in a heartbeat. <laughs> Listen, you look after yourself and you look after your precious husband. And, I will. And I take will. care of yourself because it's, it's important you to look so after the carers. God bless. God bless. Bye bye. When you think you've got to, there's a, the additional worries and stresses and strains that Bridget really doesn't need. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls, text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. C103Jobs. Experienced carers are required for live-in positions while a car window tint and car wrapping company they have a full-time position available. A person is wanted for a fast food outlet that's in the Kantark area. And we're looking for a child binder. It's required for four children in the Mallow Mornabi area, four days per week, and it's in the children's own uh, home. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities. If you go online now, you simply go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more details. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. Research conducted as part of an Irish study here in Cork says long COVID syndrome badly affects the immune system for up to nine months after virus patients have left hospital. To discuss the findings of the study, I'm joined by Professor Liam O'Mahony of ABC Microbiome Ireland, who led the uh, study. Good morning to you, Liam. Good morning. And you're you're welcome to the programme. Now, how many people do you believe end up suffering from long COVID? Or do we have any idea how many people? 
So currently, some of the best guesses from other territories, like in the UK, where they have better numbers, is up to about 10% of people can experience some symptoms uh, after elimination of the virus. And but really, here in Ireland, we're still unsure of exactly what that number is. And do the symptoms and severity differ from each pa- patient? Yeah, so there's no uh, clear clinical definition uh, yet that you know we can apply to even defining what long COVID is. And it really, it's different for, for many people. And it, there may be subgroups, of course, that will come out in time. But overall, what we talk about is that these are persistent symptoms, and they can be a range of different symptoms, that persist long after elimination of the virus. <clears throat> and it doesn't seem to be related too much to the severity of the initial infection. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you had to have been in hospital and been very unwell to have ended up to end up with long COVID. Yeah, and I know in the last year we've spoken with people, there was one group in particular I remember speaking with, that sense of taste and smell has mm-hmm. never come back. Is, mm-hmm. is, is that common in, in some patients with long COVID? Again, there's not one uh, you know, reason or one symptom that is only associated with this group. I mean, there are people for sure that uh, the loss of, uh, of the sense of smell and taste has been persistent. I think overall with many of the symptoms uh, that you know we would have seen in in our group that we studied, the most common symptoms were actually fatigue and, and breathlessness, and I think you know these are very common symptoms as well as loss of taste and smell. But I think the good news is for some people, for many people, it seems that over time you know these things start to come back, and you, you do get recovery over time. Yeah, because I think that was the sense of panic for people when they suddenly realised they were going to be left with this long COVID. You know, the sense of am I going to be like this for life? That's right. And, you know, it is very frightening and alarming for people where you have this, you know, unexpected, you know, protracted recovery that really doesn't make sense, you know, and that when everyone is saying that what I'm still saying, we're still trying to research and understand what's going on. I think that must be very frightening for people. And Liam, what did your study reveal as to why some get long COVID and others don't? So what we looked at was we looked at the chemicals that the immune system uses to communicate with itself. And the immune system uses a very complicated language with many different chemicals. And each of these chemicals are are like a a different word in the immune system's language. And we looked at 52 of these. And what we could see was there was a subgroup of these that were still different in patients who had been hospitalized for SARS-CoV-2 at least three months ago, but up to nine months ago. So some of these were, uh, were uh, many of these were in the first wave of um, uh, of disease and infections last March to, to May. And basically what these are telling us is that there are still some ongoing activated immune responses that are associated with ongoing inflammation, with uh, some uh, blood vessel repair processes, we think, and also some uh, processes that can be associated with polarized immune responses sometimes could be characterised like uh, allergic responses. So there's quite a a significant ongoing immune response that can help us now to give us some clues as to what the underlying reasons for the fatigue and breathlessness might be and also help to direct us with future therapies to to, to, to aid in the care of these patients. Absolutely. And at the moment, what treatment or therapies are available? So it's still an uh, an on-exact science. It's still being developed. I think um, 
you know, anyone who has symptoms should really communicate with their primary caregiver in the first instance. And then the peg, because some of these symptoms may not be long COVID, they may be something else. Um, and, you know, depending on what the symptoms are, people are being referred to different types of clinics. So, you know, with lung difficulties, people are going to respiratory clinics. There are pulmonary rehabilitation, um, you know, types of, of, of things that, that can be applied. For uh, other things, you know, people are talking about for fatigue, these measured um, and careful reintroduction of exercise associated therapies. I think in the long run, we will find that diet will be important. And probably you know, one of our areas of interest is the microbiome. And these are the bacteria that live in us and on us. And they really affect our metabolism, our immunity. And we believe that this is an area that we need to research further, that um, you know, if we target uh, better and with more defined therapies, we may be able to help a lot of people suffering from, from long COVID. Which would be great. And do you believe more studies and research is needed to get a better understanding of long COVID? Absolutely. And our study was really only a first exploratory study. Um, you know, we'd like to thank all the patients uh, sincerely that gave their time to be part of uh, this research. But we've only started with 24 people. So we really need to uh, widen this out now and look at uh, you know, greater numbers of people and see if our findings really do associate with, with subgroups that are clinically meaningful and then are targetable by some of these new therapies that, that I just mentioned. OK, all right. Um, good luck with that, uh, Lehman. Thanks a million for taking time out to talk to us today. My pleasure. Thank good you. morning to you. Bye-bye. That is Professor Liam O'Mahony of ABC Microbiome Ireland, which is based uh, here in Cork, looking into long COVID syndrome, as it is now known. And your heart would go out to anybody who's suffering from it. I mean, we've spoken with a number of people uh, since the pandemic began, because most, for the majority of people, who uh, get COVID-19. Uh, the majority of people go on to make a full recovery and, you know, they might have been very unwell at the time. Others might have had little or no symptoms at the time. Uh, but for some, they end up with... It can be quite debilitating. I've heard of... I've seen, certainly seen people online who've, say, for example, nine months ago got COVID and have never come back to work, never been able to physically felt strong enough to go back to work. And I think that the people that are left with no taste and no smell, that's been really, really difficult uh, for people as well. 1850 Some of your calls coming in. Michael and Dingle listened with interest to me talking to poor old Bridget in Charleville back from America and has moved back because of her husband being diagnosed with Alzheimer's and then because of the pandemic she can't get to take her full driving test. She needs to take a test even though she's been driving for years in the States but we don't have that reciprocal agreement that you can't just swap out a licence. Michael and Dingle completely identifies with Bridget and Charleville. He said he was a taxi driver in New York. So there's somebody who drove for a living. He also had spent time in England where he drove quite a lot. He came back home to Dingle. Wouldn't be the busiest area traffic wise but came back to the lovely sleepy roads around Dingle only to discover that he'd have to do his driving test and start all over uh, again even though he had clocked up all of this experience of his time as a taxi driver in New York and when he worked and drove in uh, in England. So he absolutely identifies with what Bridget and Charleville is talking about. And Michael said, by the way, it cost him a fortune as well because all the lessons that he had to take as well. And that was back in the 1990s. He can't 
believe that it's still going on. Yeah, it hasn't changed. There hasn't been any reciprocal arrangement made. And I don't know why we've never looked into that because we do swap out driving licences with other countries. So I can't quite understand why we still, because we have such a great relationship with America and possibly the best one since John F. Kennedy at the moment with Joe Biden. Maybe it's something that we'll get uh, looked into. Thank you for that, uh, Michael. And John in Yall, who joined us earlier on this morning, who we're fearful that he's fallen through the cracks, was to get his vaccine three weeks ago yesterday, but it was the day that the that they cancelled all the vaccines. We've got on to the HSE. They've taken all the details from us and they've now passed on John's details on to the vaccination team in Porky Cueve and they're going to follow up with John. So it would be fantastic if he got a call today in advance of his wife going to Porky Cueve to get her vaccination. Wouldn't it be great if both of them got their vaccinations together? Because I had a text in from Mary in Skibbereen to say, Patricia, I went to Bantry on Saturday morning with my husband. My husband was due to get his vaccination. I was very pleasantly surprised to be offered the vaccine myself. Everyone at the vaccination centre in Bantry was so uh, lovely. It was so well organised. I have an appointment. I was due to get it on Thursday the 6th this uh, Thursday I'm 66 but they said while you're here we have it they obviously had some spare vaccines weren't going to go to waste that's fantastic to hear so Mary got hers wasn't it lucky that she accompanied your husband on the day trip uh, to get the vaccine on uh, Saturday well done and it saves you the trip of having to go back again on Thursday to get it so it would be fantastic if we could get if somehow that uh, John managed to get it at the same time as the wife. I'm told John is on the phone now that I'm talking. Speak of the devil, as they say. John, you're back to us. I'm back again, Patricia. Well, did, did the HSC get on to you? Somebody got on from the vaccination centre, they said. Yeah. And just got an email. So you have some serious ball in that radio station. <laughs> <laughs> and when are you going today? Yeah, she, she, I just mentioned that my wife is up there now and she said, well, go up after her and you can get it by 12 o'clock. There you go, the two of you together. You'll be celebrating tonight, will you? Tell me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> OK, safe driving and good luck with the vaccination today. And thanks very much for your help. No problem, no problem. God bless. Uh, that is a good, happy outcome. And thanks to uh, John Paul and thanks to the gang in the HSC because as soon as we made contact with them, they said, look, pass on the details. We'll see what we can do. But fantastic the chance getting vaccinated along with his good wife, who, whose name I didn't get. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 86 103 103 Now last weekend a group of volunteers from Mitchellstown took part in a sleep out. It was in memory of those whose lives have been lost through mental health issues and to raise funds for the Cork Mental Health Foundation to see how they got on. And once again joins by Elaine Hennessy who last her beloved dad and two uncles in February and Carmel O'Gorman who is a well-known mental health advocate in Mitchellstown. Carmel joins me first. Uh, good morning to you Carmel. Good morning Patricia. And you're welcome. Firstly what was the weather like for the sleep out? Oh God we're just about after time out oh. um, Patricia. <laughs> yeah it's been bitterly cold hasn't it at night? Yeah it was it was pretty cold now all right yeah. And how do you, you were very conscious of Covid and 
social distancing and all of that. Were you keeping that in mind? Oh God, yeah, yeah, we were, yeah, yeah, we were well social distanced and we followed all the rules. So were you all in the one garden, or were you separated? We were all we were all in the one garden. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we had a big tent, we had a big gazebo tent, so we were all able to stay in the one tent. Okay, how many in total did it? There was five of us. Five. Okay, yeah. and Elaine Hennessy is on the other line. Uh, Elaine, have you thought out? Yeah, I'm actually just about coming round now. I say it took me about an hour after I went home to get warm. <laughs> did you sleep at all, or did you manage? Oh, to get... I did. You did. Oh, well done. Well done. Um, I got the best sleep of them all, I say. <laughs> Did you sleep at all, Carmel? No, no sleep at all. No, no, no. Now, talk to me about the lighting of the, the lanterns at uh, dawn, uh, Elaine. Was was that very emotional or how did you do that? Um, no, it wasn't really. It just, to be honest, it all happened so fast. We just, we had the lanterns and all. And to be fair, Carmel had everything just laid out so nice. When we went up there, to be fair, she was so prepared and we left the balloons off. And it was just nice, to be honest. And Carmel, the lighting of the lanterns and the balloons, why why was that so important to you? Well, we had the lanterns lighting from the staff, Patricia, in memory of the Hennessy family and all the people that we know that we have lost to suicide. So we had dim lighting right through the night. And at 5.30am then we released the balloons in memory of those that we, that we have lost. That's quite a special thing to do. Yeah, it was. It really was. And... It was fishing for the for the Hennessy family, you know. It's, at least we held him in our memory. Did you find it comforting, Elaine? Yeah, I found it very very comforting, and even raising the money and everything, you know, it brought some bit of peace. Even knowing that you're helping other people, and it was just lovely to think that other people now would benefit from everything we've done. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, what what reaction have you been getting since you went public and decided to launch this event, Elaine? Oh, we've got loads of support, to be fair. Like, everyone has been absolutely brilliant and I suppose it's a cause close to everyone's door, so everyone has been behind us in the fundraising and we've got loads of help, even from abroad, my friends in Australia and everyone. You know, everyone has been outstanding. You see, and it's one of those issues, n- nobody knows when it's going to come to their door. Yeah, so I, I think that's why everyone does kind of help out because no one knows and I suppose everyone's rearing children too and yeah. No one knows between yourself and kids and everyone when it will come to your door. So it's something that everybody gets behind. And Carmel, the the big, the real message it, to get out there is for people who are struggling because people don't often share when they're struggling with their mental health. And that's really your message, isn't it? To get that through to people. Yes, my message, Patricia, is that no one should suffer alone. Um, you know, as I said the last day, if it's only to pick up the phone and ring your family member or confide in your in your GP, like there is always someone there to listen. And the money you've raised is to go towards affordable counselling? Yes, that will go towards um, low-cost counselling in the Fomai and Mitchellstown areas. Yeah, because it's dreadful to think that somebody who reaches out and needs counselling and then they can't get it because they can't afford it. Yes, yes, well... Hopefully now the money that we raise will help so many people in our locality. And Elaine, you personally are a great advocate for counselling because you yourself have benefited from counselling. Yeah, I went to counselling, like I'd said, about nine years, about eight years ago, and I absolutely found it life-changing. 
And I just think the coping skills that you learn from counselling just helps to deal with difficult situations if they do occur down the line. I could, I'd recommend counselling to absolutely anybody. I think it's absolutely brilliant to talk. And there's no, and, and I think it's good to, to hear you say that, but there's also, there's no stigma around saying, I need to go to a counsellor, I need, I need some help. No, and I don't think there should be. I think, like, it's a stronger person to even say it, and I think the more people who admit they need help and who need counselling, more people will come forward and then they'll do it. Yeah. Especially, like we were saying for men, I just think that the stigma around men needs to end now and people just need to be able to take the help. Yeah, if you, if you break a leg, you'll go to the hospital and be put in plaster and you'll be looked after. You know, if there, if your mind isn't working properly, that there's help there. It's just to, it's just to reach out. And Carmel, I have to say, since I first spoke with you uh, last week, after we had you on the line, the amount of people that contacted us to say what a mighty woman you are and the great work that you do. Oh, that makes me really proud, um, Patricia. How long uh, are you? How long are you involved with in advocating for mental health in the area? About ten years now, Patricia. And it's something that you just won't give up on. I won't give up. I keep saying every year I'm going to retire. I'm going to retire, but I think I'll keep going to the days of I'll draw my last breath because it's so close to my own heart. I've been there. I know what it's like. And my my motto in life is to continue to help other people. You've you've saved lives, Carmel, because of the work you've done, whether you're aware of it or not. But you have saved lives. Yeah, so so many people have said that to me with the last week, and I suppose now is my time to realise that and be proud of myself. But as I said, my 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 main purpose of doing the fundraisers is to bring around awareness to mental health and to try and get rid of the stigma that is still attached to us. And you battled depression yourself? Yeah, for the last 29 years, um, Patricia, yeah. And how would you say you are now? Where where would you say you are with your mental health now? Oh, God, I, with the last 12 months, Patricia, it's the first time that I've never had a relapse. So I'm 12 months now on a good road to recovery. Isn't that brilliant? Yeah. And counselling played a role in that? A huge, huge role, yeah. yeah. And what what about medication? Are you a, a, Yes, medication and counselling. Yeah. Yeah. Because some people have an aversion to medication, don't they? Oh, I can't be taking tablets. Yeah. Um, but as you said, dear Patricia, it's the same as having any other illness. This is an illness of the mind and some people need medication and there is no... There is no um, no bad thing about taking medication if you need it. If you had diabetes, you'd take your medication. Yeah. If you had any other illness. So um, it's important as well to take your medication if you're prescribed it. And with the pandemic and the lockdown and isolation, are you fearful that more people are suffering mental health than ever did before? Oh God, yeah, Patricia. I think we we are facing a tsunami of mental health issues yeah. with the isolation and everything else that's going on with COVID. I can see a big increase because people are battling big time. You're you're fantastic, Carmel. Elaine, she's a mighty woman, isn't she? Oh, she's brilliant. Yeah. She's an inspiration. Yeah. 
And, and come here, so are you. We got mass, huge reaction uh, to speaking with you uh, last week as well. So you are, you're an inspiration as well, whether you, you care to realise it or not. And how much, I know you set out to, uh, to raise 5,000. Did you raise the 5,000, Elaine? Um, yeah, I think we're over it now. Are oh, you yeah, great? So, so thank God. Yeah, we got what we wanted anyway. Okay, that's that. That really is um, that really is fantastic. Listen, we wish both of you uh, the very best of luck, and glad to know that your sleep out went so well. I wish it could have been a warmer night for you both, but unfortunately, that wasn't uh, to be. And people can still donate Carmel if they want to on on the Cork Mental Health Foundation yes. website. Yes, we're going to leave the page open until okay. at least Thursday. Okay. And our total at the moment, Patricia, is 5,743. Well done. Well done. And John Paul's telling me we're putting it up on our Twitter feed at C103 Cork if people want to donate as well. And the whole idea is it will be for affordable counselling uh, to people that need it uh, in the in the North Cork area. Patricia, uh, could I say a few thank you? You can indeed. You can indeed. I'd like to thank Martin Lane who supplied us with the tin. And also to the Kinsella family next door who brought us out foods and teas and coffees during the night. Okay. Oh, listen, but to both of you, stay safe. And thanks a million for once again joining us. Thanks a million, Patricia. Good morning. Thanks, Patricia. Good morning. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, wonderful. Carmel O'Gorman and Elaine Hennessy there two Mighty, mighty women with everything they've gone through in their lives, but deciding to think of others with that sleep out at the weekend, raising money for Cork Mental Health Foundation. You go on to the Cork Mental Health Foundation website if you would like to donate to continue the work uh, of that the Cork Mental Health do, but also to allow for affordable counselling to take place in uh, the North Cork area. I've just uh, spotted that there is a scam call doing the rounds at the moment. A uh, number of people seem to be getting a call. It's from an 083 number. Uh, it starts with uh, 343. If you get, if you do get that number and you answer the call, you'll realise very quickly it's a scam call. Most of the scam calls it'll end up with a recorded message. Just hang up immediately. Do not engage. Uh, Guard the info are saying that it is a scam. That's an 083 number. So you've just got to be so careful. Careful, don't you, at the moment? I mean, you pick up your phone just to... And I'm slow now at all to answer a call that comes in unless it's somebody I actually know. I think that's the way we've all gone of uh, late. Talking of driving licence, and we were talking about the American people coming back from the States with an American driving licence because we don't have a reciprocal arrangement people being put through the hoops to have to do a driving test all over again and it's just really, really difficult at the moment. Another listener is pointing out it is now no longer possible to exchange a UK driver's licence. Previously you were able to exchange a UK driver's licence for an Irish one because there was a reciprocal arrangement. Of course there's this reciprocal arrangements uh, between Ireland and I imagine all of the other EU uh, countries. Many uh, holders says this texture have been driving for the last 20 years on a UK licence since coming to Ireland and now if they didn't surrender it I mean we did so many interviews about this before Brexit kicked in getting telling people you need to change your UK licence and you were able to just do a tra- straight swap over from a UK licence to an Irish one but it seems not everybody did and for those that are getting caught they now have to take lessons and start all over again very same thing that Bridget outlined from Charleville it's like starting as if you are taking 
to, you're taking up driving for the first time you have to do the same thing except I think if you have a licence it's only six instead of the 12 essential driving lessons that you have to take but you still have to apply theory test apply for your test and of course with the waiting lists at the moment it's impossible to book driving lessons driving tests and even trying to get a theory uh, test so this listener is saying it's, it's crazy at the moment I wonder will they look when we do get back up and running with the driving test, will they start looking at that? People who actually have an actual license from another country and some way speed up the process for them. I wonder would they, would they consider it because it certainly would take some people off what is a very long list now. What was the figure? that Sean Sherlock told us over 100,000 people waiting for a driving test. Crazy number indeed. 1850 We're going to take a break and uh, we have news at 12 midday on the way. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some of your Calls and texts coming into the programme. There was a listener who has a problem with a driving licence. Where's that one? John. Hi, John. John says, Hi, Patricia. I lost my driving licence. I can't find when it expires. I emailed the NDLS but haven't got a response. Uh, how can I find out when my licence is due to expire as I'm worried that the licence might expire and what will I do then? Says John. Well, listen, let me alleviate your fear straight away and tell you even if it has expired while it's gone missing. There has been an extension to driving licence because obviously the NDLS uh, service remains open only to essential workers. So for somebody who's just trying to renew a licence. So what the government did back in February, they confirmed that there was going to be a further extension to the expiry dates on driver's licence and that obviously was due to the COVID-19 restrictions. So people whose driving licence was due to retire, they did it last year but they've done it again this year. For example, anyone who's driving licence was due for renewal between the 1st of September last year 2020 and the 30th of June this year 2021 an extra 10 months was going to be added on to the expiry date and what now they weren't sending out new licenses a letter was going to be sent to each customer who's entitled to the extension explaining that the expiry date of their license has been uh, extended but they're not issuing new license so it just means you can still drive around on a license that's out of date because Angarda Siakana and Insurance Ireland uh, have both been told about the expiry date of driving's license so you know you wouldn't get caught by the Gardaí and you're, you're, uh, you're out of date so an extra 10 months has been added to anyone whose license was up from the 1st of September through to the 30th of June this year. So, John, if you had, if your licence did fall out of date during that time period and obviously it didn't because you would have got a letter from the NDLS, but failing that, the um, I'm trying to find out do the driving licence renewal, do they send out I'm sure that they do send out uh, notification. I'm, I was just checking there but I've realised that's for a UK driving licence. We'll just get that checked. As far as I can remember when we looked at this before if you are due, your driving licence is up for renewal. As far as I know you do get a reminder sent out to you but at the moment obviously it's not applicable because what they're doing is they're just renewing the, the driving licence. So, And I know I can see your sense of panic as you're afraid that you're driving around on an, an out of date licence. I can 
tell you now you're not because certainly it will have been extended but the fact you didn't get a letter means that it's not out of date yet but you probably have a bigger problem in that you're not meant to be driving without your driving licence personally on you you should be you should have your driving licence with you at all times so I'd have a good hunt around John to try to find that licence but what you do if you genuinely have lost it and it needs to be replaced because at the moment the NDLS it's only for essential services but you're certainly not driving around on an out of date licence if that's what you are worried about and then a couple of people are on about the vaccines and wondering including Ed says Patricia what if you register for your Covid vaccine and you get your appointment date and time and for some reason it's not appropriate for you that's from Ed and then someone else has a similar one saying and I'm assuming this has happened to somebody Trish what happens if you get an appointment date for your vaccine and you also have a hospital date at the uh, same time well I'm assuming if it's a vaccine versus a hospital appointment for me I'd ring the hospital to see if they could reschedule the appointment because I'd be so I'm so desperate to get my uh, vaccination but for Ed if it doesn't work I'm assuming get straight on to the HSE and tell them that the date doesn't work for you and they'll reschedule I don't know when you when you'll get the new date or how quickly they'll be able to reschedule but I'm assuming that that's what you do we are here of pe- no shows people don't turn up now I've heard one of the reasons for the no shows is uh, people are getting an appointment and they've already had their vaccination I mean only this morning we heard of somebody who's after getting two vaccination appointments they've come from two different uh, sources there does seem to be a little bit of problem with trying to cancel an appointment I would say the 1850, 24-1850 is probably the best way. You'll have to have patience though uh, with that phone line because that phone line can get quite busy with people registering. But that's the only option that I can see if an actual date for whatever reason in the case of one listener, hospital appointment on the same time or Ed said for whatever reason just not able to make it on that day, I would say yeah just get on to them and, and see see if they can reschedule the date for you. And thank you to lots of people saying that they've registered online. A lot of 59 year olds listening to the programme uh, today. No problem registering at all. Somebody said I was up at 7am this morning I was registered, done and dusted in five minutes. No a problem, well done. And the original listener who for whatever reason this morning when we opened the programme at 10 o'clock had got on to us was having a problem trying to register online couldn't get the verification code it just wasn't coming into her mobile phone number even though she kept pressing the resend button but nothing was uh, happening. She's got back to us to say Patricia just to let you know I phoned the HSE number the 1850 24 1850 number and I got registered that way instead. Thank you for your help. Good to know that you have been uh, registered 59 year olds today and then it works down over the next uh, 10 days down to the 50 year olds which will be on Thursday the 13th of uh, May and then Philip has been on to us to say Patricia could you please find out for me please will vaccinated people be able to go on holidays overseas this year I'm desperate for a bit of sun on my bones God aren't we all aren't we all uh, Philip well summer holidays within the EU does look like it's back on the cards again because the the EU's vaccination programme is gathering pace. Obviously, not just in this country, but other countries are gathering uh, pace. And, you know, we're, we're at about 30% of our populations vaccinated. And that's a kind of a similar level across Europe. So there's a lot of people vaccinated and there are people who would like to uh, travel abroad. So travel restrictions may be eased in time for some kind of a summer holiday across all of the 27 EU countries. 
countries. It's the this has come out from the European President Ursula van der Leyen. She was speaking at the weekend, and she says it is time to revive the EU tourism industry. And she said for cross border friendships to rekindle, but she said it must be done uh, safely. And remember, there are a lot of countries within the EU who really rely on tourism and really rely on the money they make in the summer months for their economy. So there's there's countries when, I mean, this country, we rely on tourism as well, but there's other countries who rely on it even more than we do. So Ursula van der Leyen said that what they're doing, she said, we're, they're proposing to welcome again vaccinated visitors from those countries with a good health situation. So they're obviously not going to allow people to travel from a country to say that has a high where the COVID positive figures are very high but if everything else is going according to plan and the COVID numbers are down and the vaccinated people are continuing to rise and she said yes they're the countries that they're looking uh, at as European nations attempt to return to some form of normality with summer holidays under the Commission's proposal entry to EU states would be granted to all those who are fully vaccinated but you must be fully vaccinated with EU authorised shots. Now that will stop people who are the Russian vaccine, the Sputnik 5, which a lot of people have received that particular vaccine, that still hasn't got the nod from the EU. So it'll only be people who've got one of the four vaccines that we have in this country. So for Irish people, it's not going to be a problem, even though I have heard of Russians, uh, people from Russia who went back home to get vaccinated and are living here in Ireland and are feeling, you know, very happy about the fact that they received their their vaccination. But obviously they won't fall into this category of people when they decide and if they decide that we are allowed to travel within Europe once you have one of the recognised vaccines that has approval here in the uh, EU. The Commission is also proposing raising the thresholds of new COVID-19 cases used to determine the countries which we will be permitted to travel to and from. Now they're also looking outside of Europe and it's unclear yet which countries may actually make the uh, cut but an obvious one and one EU official who didn't want to be named but a man or a woman in the know said like Israel would definitely be on the list and that's because so many people are vaccinated in uh, Israel but the same source when they were pushed what about the UK what about the US because they are two countries that have steamed ahead with their uh, vaccinations still a question mark over whether the UK and the US would be on the list for the time being but certainly Ursula von der Leyen and the rest of the officials in the EU are looking at opening up some kind of overseas travel but at the moment they're looking across the 27 EU uh, countries we will keep you posted 1850 John Paul taking your calls you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 and listen says Patricia what about the national the NCT the car test is there a test on that no they have worked throughout level 5 actually NCTs they were deemed an essential service so no if your car is due for NCT you will be called and you will duly have to bring your car along to get it checked. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council's Community Support Programme, here to assist vulnerable people with their daily needs through the COVID-19 pandemic. See corkcoco.ie. There are seven individual virtual events in this year's community games. Art, dance, recitation, handwriting, music, 
model making and singing. Now the events are open to boys and girls aged between 6 and 16 and registration is now open at mycommunitygames.com but please note that the registration closes tomorrow Wednesday the 5th of May. Local people who are blind or visually impaired are invited to join NCBI's Cork Local Advocacy Network Group. The group will bring local people together to address issues affecting them accessing the community due to their sight loss. The next monthly meeting will be held online on Thursday the 6th of May at 3 in the afternoon. You can register by going online ncbi.ie or you can get more information by calling a Dublin number 01 Four zero five six nine four nine, or you can email campaigns at ncbi.ie and the Cork Cancer Care Centre they're looking for your support for their virtual fundraising Walk with the Warriors every day you're asked to walk for 30 minutes in honour of a warrior in your life and you're encouraged to dress up and make it a fun for all the family for details on how to donate, check out Cork Cancer Care Centre on their social media papers. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. And thank you. Just an update from the driving licence and John who has misplaced his driving licence and he's terrified that it's expired and he's not aware of it. But I was saying if it, if it had expired, he would have got the extra 10 months which they've had to the extension on all driving a licence because the NDLS uh, is only open at the moment for essential workers. Well the RSA and the NDLS say that they normally send out notification to drivers to let them know that their licence is about to expire. However if the driver has moved or changed addresses and hasn't updated the RSA A or the NDLS then they won't get the letter advising them that their licence is due to expire. As a result many drivers may be unknowingly driving around with expired licences but at the moment licences have been extended due to the pandemic so you do need and it is one of those things you don't check your driver's licence that's why it's always great when a letter comes out to remind you because they're 10 year licences so who's going to remember when they actually you've got some memory if you can remember exactly when you last renewed your driving licence so a letter is sent out as well so thank Thank you uh, for that. And thank you to Teresa. This is answering the question from the listeners who are concerned that if they get a date for their vaccine and for whatever reason it isn't suitable. Uh, like one person was saying, what if, if I have a hospital appointment at the same time that I have my vaccine appointment or what if I'm at work and I can't get out of work and that time doesn't suit? And I was saying, oh, you know, I don't, you know, would you ring the HSE and tell them how would you do it? And I was thinking, God, ringing the HSE, you could be waiting. You don't want to chug up the phone lines with people trying to reschedule an appointment. But Teresa is in with the answer. She said, Patricia, people don't need to worry about it. All one needs to do. If the appointment for the vaccine is not suitable for them, then inside in the text message that they receive giving them an appointment there is a text that you press new and a new date will be forwarded a few days later or maybe a week later. Teresa said I had to do the above. Teresa got an appointment didn't suit her so she pressed new and a new date came out uh, instead and it's within days or a week maybe of the original appointment so that is good to know. Thank you for that uh, Teresa. It's good to hear uh, people who get the appointment and then they know exactly what's going on. I was on aware that that's what they're actually uh, doing. And then someone else says uh, on vaccines, Trish, I'm wondering when will 30 year olds get their vaccine? Have you heard? I saw a dates last week where they were laying out, you know, when they were talking about the 50 to 59 year olds would be 
going onto the portal this week, so across this week and next week, they're going to be registering for vaccination. And then it's about two weeks after that that the 50 to 59 year olds will start to get their vaccine. And I'm sure I saw a date in July for 24 to 34 year olds. Or was it 24 to 30 year olds? But it will be into June, July because they are sticking to and there's no change from what we can gather. The HSE is recommending that the government continue to vaccinate people based on the age. There had been talks um, at NIAC that maybe they would look at or maybe they would consider vaccinating people in the younger age groups in tandem with people in their late 50s due to the restrictions on the AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson. But uh, the HSE is understood to have urge the government to continue vaccinating people based on their age alone. So if you're 30, you're going to have to wait until all of the 50-year-olds, the 40-year-olds and then it'll get down to the uh, 30-year-olds. And hi Patricia, would you know how people in their 60s are reacting to the AstraZeneca jab? Are they responding well with few issues? Well, certainly all of the listeners that we've have contacted us here, everybody getting on great, everybody saying and you know what I love is everybody saying how great the system is working, that when they go to get their their vaccination to the vaccination centre. Everyone is so pleasant. Everybody is so helpful. It's all over so quickly. And yes, haven't heard of anybody responding with uh, any major issues. Some people have a few of the minor side effects. Majority of people know, saying they were fine. A couple of people for maybe a day feeling a bit rough, a bit of a headache maybe. But other than that, no, everybody seems to be getting on swimmingly well with it, uh, which certainly is uh, good news. And hi, uh, Patricia, could you please mention that the drive-in bingo is is starting up again in Theo Park Labamalaga. It's on this Thursday evening at eight o'clock at thanking you. And that drive-in bingo was hugely uh, successful when it was last on. So many people uh, were going. It was terrific. And someone else wants me to point out that they seem to have slipped in. The carbon tax has uh, gone up. Has anybody noticed that? And energy customers, yeah, it went up. It increased. Carbon tax went up from the 1st of May of uh, this week. This The original carbon tax was introduced, if you want the history of it, back in uh, 2010. Intended to reduce carbon dioxide emissions and as part of Ireland's strategy to support a greener and clearer environment. Uh, the tax has gone up by €7.50 to €33.50 per tonne of CO2 and that got announced in last October's budget. Now when I hear figures like that, a tax going up per tonne, I don't need you know, like a scratch my head going, I have no idea what they're talking about when, when they say that, but it basically means that we're all going to have to pay more on any kind of fuel that we are using. But that when the October budget was announced, they decided that the increase would be postponed until the 1st of May on home heating oils, on coal, on peat, on natural gas. Uh, and that obviously was to get people over the winter months. So the 1st of May came around in the blink of an eye because last October when it got announced, the 1st of May seemed ages away and suddenly here we are at the 1st of May. So everything from the 1st of May has gone up. Dara Cassidy from Bankers.ie, who we spoke with only last week on the programme, he gave in example for uh, Irish householders the this is the average carbon tax that you will pay on natural gas it'll mean, mean an extra 17 euro per year uh, 13 euro on a bi-monthly uh, bill uh, similar for your electricity. Now, what somebody was pointing out to us was the price of coal. A 40 kg bag of coal has gone up by the increase in taxes, an extra €3.52. If you're buying a bale of briquettes, it goes up by 76 
cent and a home and a 90, 900 litre home heating oil tank. Your total carbon tax now is 84 euro. That's a, that is a lot, isn't it? And uh, of course, the tax already adds to every single litre of petrol and diesel that you pay. So somebody was saying, do they sneak it in? In fairness, they didn't sneak it in. We knew about it since last October. Did it get much publicity since? Probably not. But we knew that the carbon tax was going to go up from the 1st of uh, May. And obviously somebody went out yesterday to buy coal and briquettes and noticed they'd gone up. And when they queried why it was gone up, they were told carbon tax increased on the 1st of May. But it was announced. It absolutely was announced last uh, in last October's uh, budget. And an email in from uh, Caroline, a lovely email. Thank you, Caroline, for your kind comments about the, uh, the programme. Thank you for that. But Caroline has sent an email because... She she met with a friend of hers last week, a friend who she describes as a senior. And they got chatting and her friend was saying how she'd love to do some volunteering and doesn't really know, scratching her head, doesn't know where to go or how to go uh, about it. She said, actually, it just came to me that she would be perfect to answer phones. Could you come up with any suggestions for her? She's a well-known businesswoman, but she's very private. So she isn't somebody who'd put herself out there, but she would be fantastic. She would have a great listening ear as she is all also a trained counsellor and I'm wondering if we can come up with any suggestions for her because she would love to do some volunteering now that she's retired and in her senior years. Well, the first thing I thought of, Caroline, and I don't know if you, if your friend would be interested in this, I would suggest that she gets on to somebody like Senior Line to see if they're looking for any volunteers because if she's a good listening ear, that's exactly what Senior Line is. I mean, the one quality you need for Senior Line, you need to be a good listener. So I'd suggest giving them a call. Uh, they have one number 1-800-804591. That's the direct Senior Line number themselves. If you perhaps ring the office on 046 if you just Google Senior Line, you'll be able to get all the details there and suggest that. And failing that, a Julie Connolly, who we have spoken with many times on the programme, Julie runs the Cork Volunteer Centre. And the Cork Volunteer Centre, while it's based in the city, they have volunteers they look for volunteers for all over the city and uh, county and the idea of the Cork Volunteer Centre is you contact them if you want to be a volunteer our charities contact them to say we need volunteers is there anybody in our area that's available so I would suggest that maybe you could steer your friend to the Cork Volunteer Centre again she can go online and take a look first and failing that give Julie and the rest of the gang at the Cork Volunteer Centre a call 021 425 Four two five one five seven two, but it would be a fantastic thing for her because if she's been, as you say, she was a, a businesswoman all of her life, and obviously as a businesswoman, she led a very busy life, and now she's come to the autumn of her years and she's retiring, but she still has more to give. And a lot of people, when they decide to retire, they do turn to volunteering, and it's almost like they get a second go at life, and it's because it opens up the world to them again from a completely different angle to what they did in their working life. So point her in the direction of the Cork Volunteer Centre or as I say, head towards Senior Line and see if they would have any vacancies there. And uh, thank you for emailing us, Patricia, at c103.ie. And a number of people are asking us about the radio bingo. And maybe that was because I mentioned that the drive-in bingo is going on in uh, Theo Park. Uh, The bingo books are on sale. Now, John Paul says he's inundated with people saying they're not in the shops yet. So I 
think they're going to be in the shops from Thursday of this week. Let me give you some examples. If you're in the Fromoy area, you can get them at Hurley's Centre, Patrick Street in Fromoy. That's one of the places in Fromoy. If you're in Shanagarry, you can go to Broderick Store in Shanagarry. Uh, Galvin's Centre in Dunmanway will be selling the books and if you're in Ballylicky Cronin Centre in Ballylicky and that's for C103 Radio Bingo it'll be back here on the airwaves from next Monday the 10th of May and this time round for Radio Bingo we're teaming up with the wonderful guys and gals at the National Council for the Blind NCBI so the idea is you buy your book this week have it ready and then you'll be in from next Monday to be in with a chance of a share of €300 Euro every day. There's also going to be a weekly jackpot on Wednesday. When will you be able to hear the bingo numbers from next Monday here on C103? 20 past 1, 20 past 4 and 20 past uh, 8. And if you can't get them in any of the stores that we've mentioned or you don't live near any of the stores that are mentioned, the bingo books are also available to buy online. You can go to c103.ie to buy them online. Uh, but grab your bingo books and get ready to play with Cork's Greatest Hits, C103. Cork Today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. On C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Good afternoon to Joe Heffernan. Good afternoon to you, Joe. 
Good afternoon, Patricia. And you're very welcome to the programme. Now, yeah. only this morning we were talking about the importance of uh, counselling when I had uh, both Carmel and Elaine who joined us. They had their sleep out for the Cork Mental Health Foundation and yeah. uh, they're raising money for affordable counselling in their area. But both of them have experienced the power of counselling in their own lives and how important right. uh, counselling is. So today uh, we're going to talk to you about your particular the organisation that you are accredited to, which is the IACP, the Irish Association for Counselling and Psychotherapy. Okay. And they are very aware of mental health issues in this challenging time. I mean, Carmel, one of the ladies I spoke with, said she's fearful of a tsunami of cases. People's mental health, people who've never suffered from mental health issues before, the pandemic has, I don't know whether it's the lockdown, whether it's the isolation, whether it's the sense of anxiety. There is a danger and a fear, isn't there, that there are more people struggling at the moment than ever before? Without a doubt. And I'd say it's all of the above that you mentioned. The isolation, the anxiety, all of those. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. So your association yeah. has decided to do something online to help people. Yeah, yeah, it's a very big initiative. It's called Essential Conversations with IACP. And uh, there are some fantastic presenters on it. It's uh, it's online on the 14th of May and it's free. Uh, normally to access the kind of lineup that's uh, uh, envisaged uh, for it, um, you know, would be quite a costly uh, uh, endeavour but um, it's free and uh, uh, all a person has to do is um, google iacp.ie and go down to where it says essential conversations click on that and then a person there's a link there and a person is asked to register um, and when the person registers for the um for the uh, conference, um, a link arrives to their email and all they have to do is click on the link and uh, register and then they're in. And uh, And the date date again that it's on? The 14th of May. uh, But I think as far as I know, one can register right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the 14th of May and it's it's Friday. Is Is it an evening event? View time on it, no? I'm, uh, the timings and all that, I don't think are um, decided fully yet. nailed down yet. Okay, but it's, uh, it's not the, the format of um, the 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 subject matters that are being covered are um, body positivity. Um, uh, Sheila Shioga is talking there on on that. Um, parenting with uh, Coleman Nocter and uh, John Sherry. Um, these would be well-known names. Um, uh, sports and mental well-being um, will be with uh, Shane Carty, um, uh, Dublin footballer, um, and uh, Mary Kate Slattery. I, I'll tell you a little bit about each of them in a minute, if you like. Um, she's uh, a boxer and a law graduate um, who had her own struggles with uh, anorexia. And... Um, uh, you know, uh, then you have um, speakers as well on inclusion and diversity with um, Dil Wick Ramassing. I hope I got her name right. <laughs> I hope so. Um, Ejiro Ogbevon, 
um, uh, now Dill um, and uh, Dill and uh, her wife and Marie Toole um, set up uh, Insight Matters in 2013, along with a team of 85 practitioners, and they provide um, you know uh, inclusive and culturally sensitive counselling, psychotherapy and wellness services. And they they actually uh, between the big big team they cover five hundred clients per week. Um, uh, Ejiro is a Dublin-based counselling psychotherapist over ten years experience, and she founded um, uh, Black Therapies in Ireland uh, with the intent of acti- actively promoting mental health and well-being among people of colour. Okay, so, so a, lo- so a lot know, of people coming with a lot of, of experience. And it's also... An awful lot of experience and um, uh, coming from, uh, you know, areas of um, of expertise, like the, the name Coleman Nocturnow in the parenting uh, part of the programme, um, uh, a child and adolescent um, uh, psychotherapist, and he has worked across a range of child and adolescent mental uh, uh, health services in Ireland and abroad. Uh, so a wealth of experience there. John Sherry would be a name that would be well-known, social worker and family psychotherapist over 30 years of experience as a child and adolescent mental health professional. Um he is the uh, he's the uh, the co-developer of the award-winning Parents Plus programs, um, and he's the best-selling author of fourteen positive psychology and self-help books for families, including uh, Positive Parenting, Counseling Children, Adolescents, and Families. Um, so, yeah, there's. Um, there's a vast amount of um, experience. experience there. And, the, um, and there's also, I know, going to be a bit of yoga, a bit of meditation. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, that will be there as well. I think Padraig Moran will be doing that. And it's, it's an introduction, I suppose, as well for people to counselling. Would, 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 would you see it as that? I would see it as that exactly. A lot of people would say, like, well, like, what goes on in counselling? And um, uh, this will give um, uh, a, a really good taste, I think, of the kind of uh, the kind of things that one would hear in a counselling session. Um, yeah. It'll give a good a good, a good insight uh, to people, and I know that your your MC is the wonderful blind boy from uh, the Rubber Bandits. I mean, he's yeah. somebody who's really I don't know if you've seen any or heard any of his podcasts or seen him being interviewed. He really, from many years ago, opened up about his own mental health struggles, and yeah. I th- I think that's helped. I think he's helped so many people because if somebody like Blind Boy, who you would think oozes with confidence. And yeah. if you can look at him and think, God, if he can struggle with mental health uh, and is OK to talk about it, then yeah. maybe it's OK for me to talk about it. Absolutely. I think that's a very, very um, valid point, Patricia, because, um, you know, uh, no one really knows what goes on in another person's life. I mean, you know, so that um, when somebody, and it's becoming a bit more openly spoken about our mental health problems, um, Brezzy comes to mind there as well. 
and um uh, you you know it's um it's no longer um a hidden and shameful thing uh, to have mental health problems i mean we've all had them uh, to some degree or another um uh, you know, nobody sails through life. That's like saying I went through life and I never had a sore toe and I never um, uh, got got a cold and uh, never had a know, toothache. Yeah, and yeah, I never it's had impossible. to meet a doctor in seventy five years. Yeah. which should be a little bit strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so mm. it's, it's. I, I think you're right. I think people are more open to it now, which yeah. is great. It, it always reminds me of many years ago, Americans were always great. They always had their therapists. I'm going to my therapist. And we yeah. used to almost laugh at them saying, gosh, now typically the Americans, should, we'd never do that over here. And, and we suddenly now are, it's, it's OK to say I'm going to my counsellor. It's OK to say I don't feel OK. Absolutely. As you put it there, you know, it's OK to not be OK. Um. You know, and it would be very strange if a person was <laughs> was okay a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Um, uh, that would be very, very strange, especially in these times. I mean, you know, none of us is finding it easy. I'm certainly not finding it easy anyway. I I find the going is tough. Um, yeah, but there's uh, now light at the end of the tunnel, so we will we will come out the other well, side. Well, there is that, and yeah. and and that's such a wonderful thing. Um, I've got my two shots now, well and uh, I'm hoping that um, in in a, in a certain uh, time that uh, that I can um, start meeting people uh, physically, face to face, whatever the right words are, again. And um, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, you know, it'll be a, a first major step back towards the way life was. And I was yeah. re- I was reading at the weekend that there are some people like your good self, fully vaccinated, that they've discovered there's a, like an anxiety level for some people when they're vac- fully vaccinated, that they're afraid to go out because they've been shielding for so long and they've developed this almost fear of COVID. And at the start, people were afraid when they weren't vaccinated. But now suddenly when they're vaccinated and it's safe to go out, there's anxiety levels about getting back out there. And that's going to be a problem for a cohort of people. Would you accept that, Joe? I would completely because we've got so used to the uh, all the restrictions that we're going to have to adjust again to the loosening of some of the restrictions and eventually, please God, to all of the restrictions. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you're in a queue, we'll say, for, okay, the Opera House, whatever. Um, You know, it's going to feel really difficult that you're nearly up against the person in front of you and the person behind you is nearly, um, uh, you know, uh, touching your back. Um, and one is going to be thinking, oh, my God, you know, um, somebody sticks out a hand to shake hands. You're going to maybe look at it twice and say, should I? Um, you know, the things that were totally normal, we're going to have to adjust back to them again now. Because, like, everything that we knew um, as being good has suddenly been called bad, like... Um, socialising and mixing and shaking hands and hugging. 
Um, you know, they were all no-nos. And we're going to have to kind of... Uh, we've we've got to a point then where we've accepted that as the, the new normal, as they say. And now we're going to have to make an adjustment again, the sooner the better, um, back to another new, new normal, which will be... <laughs> The old normal. Mm. No, if you're not confused by now, I'm helping to confuse you there anyway with all that. But yeah, so we'll have to, um, yeah, we'll we'll have to make those adjustments um, uh, again, uh, because originally an awful lot of things that were considered to be, you know, kind of um, uh, the wrong way, like not going out and meeting people. Um, uh not um uh not being close with people um maybe being a little bit obsessed with certain things like um you know uh wondering are there bugs on the on the on the counter? constant hand washing etc yeah, it is and, it is and going now, to be then, it is well, going then to be we different were told that's the way to go that's yeah. great and, 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 and suddenly now, now we're told go back out into the big beautiful world okay just once yeah. again just remind listeners how they can register for the okay. essential conversations you, you with the IAPC to, you, you click on to iacp.ie and register um, there and you find the you know the you scroll down or whatever the right words are and you um, find um, essential conversation with IACP and uh, click on that, and then you get a link, um, and you register, giving your email address, and uh, and the um, the the link comes then in an email that you just click, and you're into the whole scenario of this wonderful conference, okay. and it costs you exactly nothing. Okay, just your time. Yeah. All right, listen, we leave it there. Yeah. Have a great week, and uh, we'll chat to you again yeah. next Tuesday, Joe. Look I'll after be, yourself. I'll, I'll be mentioning today. Uh, Cork today, I, I hope, on Dahi and Eamor O'Neill uh, next Monday oh, the Today on Show. RTE1. Okay, say, say hi to yeah, Dahi I'll and be, the gang. I'll be appearing on RTE1. We will look forward to seeing you. Thanks for that. Look <laughs> after Lovely. yourself. Bye-bye. That is uh, Joe Heffernan. He runs a counselling practice in Bohabui. His number is 0868348145. Mike in Bantry says the Dawn Chorus was on the radio last Sunday night into Sunday morning. It was a great programme for mindfulness and for mental health and there's been some stunning dawn courses just at your own window if you have your bedroom window open on a dry mild morning you can get some really nice uh, dawn courses and Lucy says Patricia just want to point out that the charity Sheep S-H-E-P and I did a quick Google and S-H-E-P stands for the social and personal uh, transformation uh, The I was able to get their help in finding a psychotherapist they match you with somebody in your area who will work with you to offer low cost counselling that fits that you can afford to pay it's fantastic and it meant I was able to get the help I, as I couldn't afford 
private counselling any other way and the wait wasn't even terribly long for me. Now maybe it could be longer now. I just thought you might like listeners know that that charity is out there. Thank you and that's from Lucy in uh, West Cork and it is uh, it's socialandhealth.com I've just gone onto their website. They're based in uh, Cork I have a feeling because of the pandemic they may be, I don't know if they're still um, okay, all their training is temporarily moved online uh, but their counselling and advocacy services remain open. Okay, so people can find out about them socialandhealth.com They're known as SHEEP, S-H-E-P, there's only one E in it. Okay, thank you Lucy, I was unaware of that group, thank you for sharing that with us. Okay, that's where I have to leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing the programme. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock for another edition of the programme. Looking forward to your company. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Very good afternoon and stay safe. Cork today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.